0: It's time for a Illini Palace Saturday Sports Talk on News Talk 1400 wdws Shamhain urbana where we talk all things eye along with other area national sports. Join the program by calling 217-356-9397 or send a text to the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 217-351-5357. You can also email us at talk at WDWS.com. Now, here are your hosts, Lauren Tate and Steve Kelly.
1: Hey, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Illini Ipella Saturday Sports Talk, Memorial Day weekend edition, with you until 11 o'clock this morning. The phone line is open, 356-9397. Busy uh, schedule on tap, a lot going on. Unfortunately, one of those things going on, is uh, or not going on for Illinois baseball, is uh, the Big Ten Tournament. Tough way to go out, but uh, they're out, and they'll sit by their televisions on uh, Monday morning and hope to get in the NCAA. Mr. Tate, how are you doing? I'm doing well. A million things to
2: talk about today. A million.
1: Uh, did you count them? Yeah. <laughs> we got to get them all in, you <laughs> I don't think so. Well, we'll give it a try. Coming up at 9.15, uh, here's our schedule of uh, guests. 9.15, uh, Kent Brown. Associate Athletic Director, will join us for a few minutes. He'll talk about um, some efforts being made on campus to come up with a uh, trust fund situation for Illinois football player Bobby Roundtree, who was uh, seriously injured uh, a week ago today, actually. We'll learn more about that coming up. At about 9.30, Sahad Sharma from the Athletic in uh, Chicago will talk about the Cubs. Cubs lost a game late yesterday to the Reds, 6-5. to At 9.45, we'll talk some Illinois basketball. Kedrick Prince from Orange and Blue News will join us. Hour number two of Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk kicks off at 10 o'clock. Will Leach will be with us. He's always good for a lot of topics of conversation. We'll certainly talk to him about the Cardinals. He had an interesting column this week about professional drafts. We'll get his thoughts on that. At about 10.30, From the Detroit Free Press, Sean Windsor will check in. We'll talk about uh, Michigan's hire of uh, Jawan Howard as their head basketball coach.
2: Sean Windsor from Muhammad, who's got the beat job at uh, the Detroit Free Press.
1: So he uh, is
2: covering Michigan,
1: probably checking on Michigan State from time to time as well, I would guess. And then about 1045, Todd Lindsay from the U of I Quarterback Club will tell us about their upcoming annual quarterback club golf outing which is set for a week from Monday, June the 3rd, and they've still got some openings there if you'd like to get in or get a team in. Todd will tell you how to do that. That's our lineup. Plenty of time for an open line as well, 3569397. Major League Baseball, the Reds beat the Cubs 6 to 5 yesterday at Wrigley Field. The Cubs have lost two straight and six of their last 10, but they're 29 and 20, still have a game and a half lead over the Brewers who also lost last night.
2: And the Cardinals fell to five hundred.
1: Cardinals are twenty-five and twenty-five, after being twenty and ten. I'm not a math major, but that's uh, that's fifteen <laughs> that's a out slump. of twenty. That's a slump. <laughs> that's fifteen out of twenty losses for the Cardinals. They lost at home to the Braves last night, five to two. They're four and a half games back of the Cubs. That doesn't sound like a lot, and and really it's not. But it's just been a terrible month of May for the Cardinals.
2: Well, it really has, and I and I know I'm. You know, I thought that the pitching was going to be the starting pitching would be the strength of the Cardinals this year, and now I'm having my doubts about that. Uh, I don't. I'm not sure Wainwright's a plus 500 pitcher. I don't know where Waka stands. Hudson's been a little disappointing. I. Uh, I don't know. The pitching has not been what they need to be, and and of course the hitting hasn't either.
1: And Michaelis, who lost last night, has not been uh, the same guy that he was last year. You thought he was
2: going to be eighteen and four again? No, I did
1: not. <laughs> I did not. But he's four and five now. Although he did strike out nine. Yeah. In the ballgame. Those
2: home runs hurt. By the way, did you see that Friday they hit fifty-nine home runs in the major leagues? That's the second most on a single day in the history of baseball.
1: I wonder how many times the players struck out on that same day.
2: I don't know a bunch. <laughs> but but when they hit it, it goes, man oh man! And Minnesota, what what's going on with Minnesota? Minnesota beat the uh, the White Sox eleven to four. Sox
1: are uh, eleven games behind the Twins now.
2: Minnesota so has. thirty four and sixteen. The Twins Mi- Minnesota has one hundred and one home runs and three hundred <laughs> runs. They're just going crazy. Uh, can you name their lineup, please? No, uh, I can't. <laughs> name top to bottom. No, I, I couldn't. I mean, I'd fail that test. They've had four games this year in which they've had six home runs
1: in the one game. This game at baseball's getting down to three things. Either one of three things you do when you're at bat. Strike out, hit a home run, or walk.
2: <laughs> well you know that's not much action then, it's is it? It's not
1: much action. There's not many first to thirds, there's not many in the gap no, no. doubles and triples anymore. It's kind of an all or nothing thing.
2: Yeah, he has got twenty home runs now. Does he? Yeah.
1: Yeah, Brewers got beat by the Phillies, and the Phillies are having a good year. Milwaukee is a game and a half behind the Cubs, as I mentioned. The Cardinals are four and a half back. Uh, a lot of baseball, as I said, uh, will wait for uh, NCAA bids to come out. Sixty-four team field will be announced Monday morning at eleven. Sixteen sites. Sixteen sites, probably not Champaign or Banner. Oh
2: no, no, I I, I think that's very, uh, very unlikely.
1: They might have had a shot had they had they still been playing today in the Big Ten tournament.
2: Yeah. That's too bad, but boy, that loss to Michigan was about as bad as I've ever heard. I mean, first of all, you got the eighth inning, you got, I mean, seventh inning, you got the bases loaded, one out. Left handed batter hits a ground ball to shortstop. It's a really close play at at, uh, first base on the double play, and the umpire calls him out. So the line eye are leaving the field and celebrating, and of course, everybody's happy, and all of a sudden they review it. And they reverse it. The run counts. The next guy gets a hit. They tie the game three all. And then the 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 Alana go ahead in the in in the ninth. They're ahead. And the, they scored a run on a, on, a, on a I believe it was a bases loaded it walk. It was. Yeah. And uh, to Sarver, And then Acton comes in with 19 saves and gets within one strike. But you know he was throwing all fastballs. I mean he was throwing. And they all, were up. They were all high fastballs and. I just wanted him to see, throw one curve just to get the batter's eye, you know, because they were sitting on that fastball. And sure enough, double in the left center, scored two runs, and the game was over.
1: He threw his in his first four pitches, two of them the catcher had a, had to jump yeah. to get
2: him. Yeah, if they hadn't, if they hadn't changed catchers, I don't Kron was the only guy who right. caught those balls.
1: Well, Big Ten baseball tournament today gets underway right now with uh, number two seed Michigan playing number five seed Nebraska. Michigan's 2-1 and one in the tournament, Nebraska's 2-0. and oh. If Michigan would win that game, they would play Nebraska again tonight.
2: Yeah, at, uh, I believe at 5 o'clock, yeah. yeah.
1: And the same situation in the second game today, where number four seed Minnesota takes on number seven seed Ohio State. If Minnesota wins, the uh, Gophers and the Buckeyes will play again tonight, and then the winners of those would move into the championship game tomorrow.
2: Okay, I'm going to ask you a question. Uh, I, I don't know if you'll know this, and I don't know if it matters. But if both Nebraska and Ohio State win, there would be no games tonight, no 5 and 9 o'clock game. They could play the championship tonight. They could. But they set, they've got it set for 1 o'clock tomorrow, Sunday. Maybe they'll play that championship game Sunday regardless.
1: I would guess for TV they might. But it's the Big Ten Network, so well, they, they, could be, they could adjust, certainly. And, and maybe when they look at tomorrow's weather, who I don't know what it's going to be in Omaha, but weather's always a factor. This time of uh, in the spring, so we'll see how it goes. But uh, there are two games scheduled tonight. I don't know if they can make that decision on the fly like that or not.
2: Yeah, I don't. I I just don't know. I assume that they'll play the championship Sunday. Yeah. Now you haven't brought up Kovačević yet, and I want to say something. Okay, go ahead. What he has accomplished, Alex, in Kovacevich reaching the Kovacevich. semifinals of the singles uh, collegiate singles, may be the most accomplished thing that any Illinois athlete has done this year tell me has anybody has, does anybody have a better shot at the Edelman uh athlete of the year award than than finishing in the final four of the singles
1: that's a good question I, I would say no just uh, Corbin I'm,
2: had a thousand yards running I mean yeah. that's a that's a good year I mean that's a heck of a season for him um uh, I'm sure there are other uh, possibilities but I just don't know to get into the final four. You're right. I mean, that's really something.
1: He lost yesterday in the semifinals. Yep. yep. To uh, finish thirty-three and seven, he was the uh, seventh seed going in, lost to the number four seed.
2: Yeah, Paul. He this uh, Jub J U B B from England. He's really good. You could see, even though Kovacevic won the first set, I mentioned right at when talking to somebody about it said i don't think he can win another set from the guy the guy's too good and he did he won six four six two the last two ncaa golf is underway it's always good to get off to a good
1: start in golf if you can but uh, doesn't always happen that way and it didn't (laughs) happen that way for mike small's team as they started on the back nine yesterday down at the blessings golf course in fayetteville arkansas and two of their guys had triple bogey eights on the 605-yard par five opening hole for them. They'll start on number one today. Two eights
2: and a seven. That's a great start for your team, isn't
1: it? And a birdie.
2: And a birdie, right.
1: <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you don't. Uh, it's hard to overcome a couple of eights on the uh, first hole. But they shot 23 over par, 311. They're tied for 24th. And that was just the first round, so you can go with that. They've got some more time. Oklahoma State had a one-shot lead overnight. Now Oklahoma State leads by seven as they're playing early. They are four under par now. Stanford is three over. Illinois doesn't tee off till 105, the first uh, Illinois player today.
2: You made a good point to me, though, when you said that, remember, 15 uh, advance after three rounds, and they're only six strokes behind the 15th team now. The other problem with that, though, Steve, is that they've got a lot of teams to jump over. There are nine teams
1: ahead of them right now that they would have to jump and, and, and some of those folks would have to fall back and yep. whatever. It's a combination yep. of how you get there. But uh, Illinois will try to rebound and play better this afternoon down at the NCAA Nationals in round two. Phone lines are open. I'll give you the Illinois scores in just a moment. Let's go to Allen first in, uh, in Montrose. Alan, you're on the air with us. Go ahead.
3: Morning, guys. Uh, Sorry to hear about uh, Bobby Roundtree. Sounds like uh, the walking issue might be a real issue, as far as you can tell.
2: We're uh, not uh, in a position to really discuss that, I guess, uh, but I think you're probably on the right track.
1: We will talk to Kent Brown coming up in a few minutes, and he won't say much more than that. There's a lot of uh, legal uh, HIPAA issues. You can't uh, really talk about that until um, the family... Once it discussed, and uh, I'm not sure when or if that might come. Obviously, at some point uh, we'll know more. But yeah, it's not good news. Whenever, you know, when the official release came out, and and the word right. severe spinal injury was used there, uh, that
2: told yeah. you a lot, I think.
3: Yeah, it does. Uh, who do we got is going to take his place.
2: Well. That's that's going to be a a competition that, you know, there's going to any number of guys that – that's the problem. I don't think we knew who the other uh, defensive end was. I don't think we know at this point who either starting defensive end is. They've got a number of candidates. Gay will be back, of course, and he he missed spring. I mean, they had a couple guys. Did Carney miss spring? I think he did. And so they've got a couple guys that are coming back that will be there in the fall that weren't there in the spring. But – uh, I, I, I can't answer your question. I don't know.
1: Yeah, you're further along on that. have a
3: couple.
1: I was going to say, you're further along on your thinking on that than me. I, I'm still trying to get over the gut punch of the of the news Monday morning, but obviously uh, football will have to be played. It's just something that uh, the coaches will have to figure out. But they've got other things on their mind right now.
3: Right. I understand that. Uh, baseball. I'm about the point where the Cardinals are going to have to Trade Carpenter and Walker, uh, that just they're just not getting it done. Especially Walker. I mean, he he's, after his rookie year, he's never been more than a five pitcher at best.
2: I I can't uh, necessarily disagree. I mean, I don't know about trading, but they need to get somebody else in the rotation. I don't know who that was, who that will be. They are are not preparing. Carlos Martinez for uh, 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 as a starter. Apparently, Steve, it looks to me Start like starter. he's going to be in, in the bullpen. I think
1: he wants to be a starter at some point, but they don't seem to be doing it yet.
3: They're talking about bringing Reyes up, and the rumor has it that uh, they're going out there, Madison Baumgartner, but so is everybody else. Well. So we'll see.
1: <laughs> All right, Alan, appreciate the call.
3: Thank you.
1: Yep, three five six nine three nine seven is the number if you'd like to join us. We'll talk more about the Cardinals with Will Leach coming up, uh, kicking off the uh, second hour. Again, uh, the NCAA golf tournament's underway. Michael Fiegel's had a 76 yesterday, Tommy Cool a 76, Adrian Dumont de Charzet had a 79, Varun Kopra an 80, and they had to count that 80 because uh, Giovanni Tadiato had an 82 yesterday. So a round of 311 for Mike Small's team. They put a little 290 or 295 up today. They'll be right back in the, in the hunt there. By the way, Mike Small, a finalist for the Bill Campbell National Coach of the Year, an award he won back in 2014-2015. One other golf note, congratulations to Corbin Siebens and the Parkland College golf team. They finished fifth nationally in the Junior College Division II Tournament, played over in Plymouth, Indiana. They had a 295 final round to finish fifth, second straight year, that uh, the parkland men's golf team finished in the top five nba playoffs milwaukee and toronto game six coming up later the stanley cup finals begin monday the blues and the bruins those are some of the headlines that we'll talk about as we move our way through elena ipella saturday sports talk we'll take our first time out and be back with more after this stay with us and welcome back to elena ipella saturday sports talk with Lauren Tate, I'm Steve Kelly, with you until 11 o'clock. Phone line is open, 356-9397. We got through uh, the headlines there, talked about the baseball scores. We'll talk more about uh, that as we move along. Touched on uh, the situation uh, with uh, Bobby Roundtree, and uh, it was a week ago today that he suffered that uh, injury down in Florida. Ken Brown, Associate Athletic Director in charge of sports information, joins us on the phone. KB, how you doing this morning? I'm
4: doing well, man. How about you?
1: Good. Happy birthday yesterday, by the way.
4: Yeah, I'll check off another box.
1: Yeah, you're gaining on uh, both of us here. you <laughs> never
4: catch, well, Lauren you'll never can, catch us. Lauren says you'll never catch us. I know. I hope not. I
5: hope
1: not. <laughs> hey, Kent, uh, certainly the week started off with some, uh, a, real, a real downer with the news of uh, Bobby Roundtree's injury. What can you tell us about what uh, the university might be doing, some of the talks you've been having uh, over there on campus about uh, assisting the family along the way?
4: Yeah, so it's been a really tough week. You know, uh, none of us uh, get into athletics or hope to ever have to deal with uh, someone who, uh, you know, suffered a, a severe injury. But uh, we've got a group, an internal group um, at the DIA who who've met several times already to uh, you know try to get some some things in place. That fans, there's been an outpouring of support from the Illini Nation and. And we really haven't given them a spot yet where they could go and, and help Bobby and his family with some of the medical expenses and some expenses that they're going to be facing uh, here moving forward. And so um, hopefully next week we'll do that. We've got, uh, it's, it's it's a great group. And we, you know, the, the main thing is to get Bobby the very best medical care and care plan possible. Um, and so we've got uh, some folks working on that, um, you know, and then just, trying to get a plan for him uh during his recovery time and and then uh and then like i said we'll we'll try and we're, we're working on a um an opportunity for fans where they can go and, and do some help uh with this with you know some expenses that are going to really uh probably be incurred by the family you know insurance will cover a lot of it uh but probably not all of it and so um you know it's good. it's just one of those areas where hopefully we'll get that information out very soon probably next week
2: uh, Kent, this is Lauren. Explain the insurance part of it. I mean, as a member of the football team, is I'm sure that uh, he's insured. Uh, what what are the, what are the shortcomings here?
4: Well, the what he the insurance that the, he has is really as a student, a U of I student. Because uh, this injury occurred in a non athletics event, um, his athletics insurance that would cover him say he was hurt in a game doesn't doesn't cover this, and so he's got to. The the student insurance plan at the U of I is outstanding. It's really, really good. Um, and um, and so it's gonna it's gonna cover a big portion of it, but there's gonna be a lot of expenses coming up um, that, that you know, fans and people can, can help with. And um, and so, you know, he's very fortunate. Uh University of Illinois has uh, great support uh, for things like this and so uh, he's very fortunate on that part of it. So just hopefully we can keep keep moving forward in a in a positive way.
2: Uh, you know, one of the first things we learned was that he was sitting up and eating. Uh, can you tell us any more about that? Does he have, uh, uh, you know, I want to, I want to I wanna ask: Does he have the use of his arms?
4: Well, you know, there's there's certain things. Yes, it does have. It certainly does. It does have use of his arms. And he, um, uh, you know, there are some things that we are very limited in what we're able to talk about. Uh, the HIPAA laws. Um, really preclude us from from getting into any detail on a person's medical condition unless specifically given approval by that person or his family his or her family and so you know we've been very careful uh to not get into many details at this point um you know he he has a he's very positive uh young man who's a who's a fighter um he's got a long road ahead of him got a big mountain in front of him to uh during this recovery and um and so you know it doesn't force it because i know everybody's
5: interested in
4: Want to know what's going on and help but it's just one of those things that sometimes from our standpoint we have to be very careful on what we uh how we how we talk about it
1: so when you do uh, get something uh, put together you'll certainly let us know so we can let the people know and hopefully that'll be coming up soon there's been other instances like this in college athletics but as a as an administrator Kent Brown have you ever dealt with anything in uh, in your years of experience like this
4: well you know there's there's injuries that uh, that's one of the the hardest parts of of athletics one of the worst parts is and uh, you know and they they alter lives in in a lot of different ways and um, you know could be from knees to broken bones and things like this. And so there's, they certainly alter lives. And and like I said, in different ways, Uh, you know, this is a, this is a tough one because uh, he's a young man who had a very bright career ahead of him. And, uh, you know, he's going to work very hard to do, you know, to to return to to whatever um, fast and as much as he can. Uh, But there's just, uh, you know, he's just got a, he's got a long road ahead of him. So uh, the best thing for him is to get a care plan together here so that he's, Got the best medical attention that he can get, which we've—I think—we feel like we've—we've done as a as a university to help that family uh, get through this.
2: Uh, Lovey Smith was down there. Is has he returned home?
4: He came back yesterday. Um, I think you know he wasn't planning on being there all week when uh, he left a week ago or over a week ago. He was doing some speaking engagements and and meeting doing some alumni. Uh, meetings and things like that around the southeast. Um, as soon as uh, this happened, he flew to Tampa um, to be with Bobby and his family. Uh, but but he was he flew home yesterday. I think his plan is to go back down there um, for next week. He can't be on the road recruiting. All of our assistant coaches are out on the road recruiting. Austin Clark lives right near there in Tampa. He was uh, in Tampa when when the accident occurred, so he was uh, on. Uh, on the scene at the hospital pretty quickly and and so he's been he's around this weekend to uh, provide some support and uh, for for Bobby and his mother and, and family and and um, but yeah I love he's gonna I think I think the plans for him to go back down uh, this next week
1: another minute or so with uh, Kent Brown Sports Information Director let's uh, let's turn the topic a, a little bit to um, NCAA baseball the bids come out on Monday morning and I think most folks feel pretty good about Illinois being in the 64-team uh, field. What are your thoughts on it?
4: Well, I, in their record and the RPI and a lot of the things they look at uh, certainly would indicate we have a pretty good spot in the tournament somewhere. You know, I know they went into the, the Big Ten tournament. We're hoping to make a run to put themselves in position for a to host a regional. Um, doesn't appear that will likely happen um, after losing the first two games, unfortunately. Um but uh, I think everybody feels very comfortable about and confident about being in and, and uh, you know, hopefully get a good draw and, and can, can make some some noise in there and, and uh, see what we can do. So team, the team had a great year, great finish in the Big Ten, uh, just came up a little short there, and especially in that second game to take a lead into the ninth inning like that and really be one strike away from, from uh, having the game over. Uh, that's, a, that's a tough one to swallow uh, on
5: your trip home.
2: Kent, before we let you go, uh, any news uh, at all on Luke uh, Luke Ford or when do you expect something to uh, to come forth on his uh, appeal?
4: Well, we did appeal, uh, and I actually was talking uh, with uh, Benji, our uh, compliance director, yesterday, and and, uh, I would think that there's no way of knowing exactly when it's going to be. I think we'll know something fairly soon uh, on what his status will be. Uh, so got our fingers crossed and, and, um, uh, and I would think that I would guess in the next week or so, but you, you just really don't know, don't know what this, <laughs> what the NCAA schedule is, but I know that we're, uh, we, we turned in our paperwork from, uh, from Luke's standpoint, hopefully we'll get an answer here very quickly.
1: For those of you who know that, uh, know Ken Brown, you know, he's a big Cubs fan. Were you up there for uh, a line, line, night earlier this week?
4: <laughs> yeah, we had a great night in Chicago on Wednesday, um, uh, uh, Brad Underwood throughout the first pitch, Chris Thomas and some of his team uh, conducted the seventh inning stretch. Uh, Lovey uh, had to back out, obviously he was in Florida, but just a beautiful night at the ballpark. We had a great event, but ahead of time with Josh and and the coaches, uh, with a lot of fans, uh, there was a, you know just like we've done with the the Blackhawks, the the White Sox, and the Cardinals, uh, there was a special line eye. Uh, orange and blue Cub hat that was given out to the special ticket holders who bought the tickets through the Cubs promotion. Uh, almost 2,000 uh, tickets were sold through our uh, through the promotion with us, and so I know that they uh, felt very good about that. And so I'm sure we'll do something like that in the future. Um, but great night at the ballpark. It was, it was after it was like in the 40s, I think, on Tuesday night with rain, and then on Wednesday uh, it was 85 when we got to the ballpark. at uh, – uh, late afternoon, just a just a beautiful evening. So we got we got lucky on the weather part of it.
1: So if you had the option to either throw out the first pitch or sing the seventh inning stretch, <laughs> what would you do, Kit Brown?
4: Yeah, I would throw the first pitch. Uh, it's, it's a pretty intimidating. I've I've been fortunate to be up in the in the press box when we've taken coaches up there, and it's uh, you look out and there are forty thousand people <laughs> who turned around. There's eighty thousand eyeballs on you, and, and, not, and not I'll never forget
2: and Zook. With,
4: yeah, yeah. Well, not one person who I've been up there with is in their element, right? The, <laughs> you know, as a coach or, or an athlete, they're all always used to being on the sidelines. They don't mind people looking at them when they're in their element. But this is totally out of their element and something they're not used to doing and singing in front of people. Um, but it's it's a it's a great it's a it's a wonderful experience, and we're very fortunate to be able to do that. Uh, provide some of our coaches the the chance to do something like that.
1: I think I would, um, I would respond the same home. way. I used to have an arm. I never had a singing voice. So <laughs> I have a better <laughs> shot at getting the ball to, to home plate, even if I had to go halfway there to do it. Hey, Kent, appreciate your time. Always good to, to visit with you. And once again, happy birthday yesterday, and uh, we'll talk to you soon.
4: Thanks, Kent. Okay, we'll, we'll catch
2: up later. All right.
1: Yep, Ken Brown with us. Also another birthday. Kendall Gill has birthday today.
2: How old is Kendall? Well, Fif- you want to
1: you guess? 50. 51. Okay. How old does that make you feel? (laughs) Oh, my goodness. (laughs) I know his kids. I know. (laughs) He was a kid when we first met him, obviously. But uh, 51 is Kendall Gill's number today for number 13 fighting Illini Hall of Famer. Moving up on 930, WDWS, Champaign-Urbana. We'll talk some Cubs baseball when we come back. If you have any Cubs questions, we'll have one of the beat guys on the air with us. Sahadev Sharma from The Athletic in Chicago. Back with more Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk. In just a moment. Stay with us. Saturday Sports Talk continues, brought to you by Alana Pella. With Lauren Tate, I'm Steve Kelly. We're with you until 11 o'clock this morning. Thanks to Kent Brown, Illinois Sports Information Director, for spending a few minutes with us prior to the commercial break here at the bottom of the hour. We're going to talk some Major League Baseball now. And with an emphasis on the Chicago Cubs as we go to the Windy City, Sahadav Sharma, who works for the Athletic covering uh, the Cubs, is on the air with us. Good morning. How you doing?
6: I'm doing well. Just heading over to the ballpark. Hopefully, uh, you can see that Cubs bullpen stabilize uh, for or at least a, a short while here before Theo and company go out and, and start looking for some help.
1: I was going to, I kind of had that as maybe the number one issue to talk about or number one topic to talk about. and. Uh, so do you think uh it's going to stabilize or they're going to need some help?
6: I I think there's a little bit of both, right? Uh, they they absolutely need some help. There's no doubt about it. It's been something, you know, majority of the media, even the front office has been aware of uh since the winter that they, they know that they they couldn't go out and spend the money to really address the need, they, they tried to uh, Patch some holes with guys like Brad Brock. Uh, you know, they they made some other signings of guys that haven't really impacted the team, like Xavier Cedeno or Tony Barnett. Uh, but but they haven't. They didn't really address the glaring need of of needing uh, you know someone to fill in for Brandon Morrow. Uh, it, nobody was surprised by Brandon Morrow having a setback. It, it's kind of been his career. When he's on the field, he's as good as any relievers you can find. It's just really hard for him to stay on the field. So it's. It, CEO Epstein isn't the type of person that if he has uh, you know the money to spend to go to to rely on someone with the injury history like Morrow. So I would expect them to be really aggressive uh, at the deadline, before the deadline, the entire month of uh, July, essentially trying to uh, really fix this bullpen. But there are ways for it to stabilize. You need starters to start going seven, eight innings again, uh, which they're capable of. This is a very talented rotation. They've hit a little bump in the road here with uh, Hamels and Lester going to having some shorter starts. That's compounded and led to guys being overused. You have to remember that you may not see a guy out on the mound, but they're still warming up at times. And the fact that Joe right now has about three guys that he can trust in C. Sheck, Kinsler and Brad Brock, and even they aren't even performing at the highest level, uh, but but those are the guys you trust. So you have three guys. You can't use them every single day, uh, but they're warming up way too much. They're going out there way too much. They're going out there for more than three outs, and and the, all those things add up, and it leads to outings like yesterday, where Sisec, who has been just brilliant majority of the season, uh, has a, has a rough patch, and, and you can't you can't uh, you can't put it all on Sisec and say ah what's wrong with this reliever? That's one of the most reliable relievers in baseball. He just had a bad day and he clearly wasn't at his best if he can get a couple of days off uh, that helps a lot and, uh, and and that's just it's just a big it's a, a lot of little things adding up and uh, leading to this and then the main cause is there's not enough depth uh, maybe when stroke comes back next week that'll help a lot but that's certainly nobody within the organization believes that's enough
2: when you uh, mention the word reliable, uh, I think of Lester. What's happened to him the last two starts? Any ex- explanation?
6: You know, I, I don't think there's an easy explanation. I think it's one of those things where he's uh, kind of losing his feel for the pitches. Uh, he he talked the way he talked about it after his start the other day was basically like he didn't feel even comfortable on the mound. Nothing felt right, and I think you know every player goes through these moments. Lester, I've talked to Lester about this so much, about uh, having little flips in the road throughout his career, whether it's months, whether it's a full season, whether it's two starts. Uh, He always bounces back. He always finds a way, as long as the stuff is there, as long as he's healthy. And both those things, I believe, are true. I don't think there's any reason to believe that he's not healthy. And the stuff looks fine. It's just he wasn't commanding it. It wasn't coming out of his hand right. There's all these little things that add up as pitchers. You know, one little thing off with your delivery leads to uh, just scattered results. And I think the ball just wasn't coming out of his uh, hand right. And whether that means it it was, uh, you know, he lost his uh, release point, something a slightly tick off with his delivery, uh, whatever it is. He's working in between starts to figure it out. He didn't have an answer that day. I, I've been meaning to follow up with him and see what he's been working on and see if he kind of is feeling more confident. But it's it is strange to hear Lester say, "I don't know what's going on," and, and it's a you know it, I feel lost out there. But it's also it's also not uh, unheard of, and it's also not something where I I start to worry and say, "Oh no, what's going on with Lester?" Because I know this guy. I know he's going to put in the work. And he has a great team around him, as far as Tommy Haas, Brad Mills, Mike Borzello, guys that work and look at the tape, look at the data, and can help him and say, "Hey, I think I see this, or maybe try this." And he trusts them, and he'll he'll work on it. Uh, so I, it's not, you know, it's something you want to watch, of course. At, at his age, at, at that pitcher, at that age for a pitcher, you certainly don't want to dismiss the chance that hey, maybe it's just not going to go right anymore. But you also, this is a guy that's earned the benefit of the doubt. And you just, just let, let's see it play out, see what, it, what happens the next few starts, and uh, see if he can, he can find his uh, rhythm again. Because he was so
5: dominant those first few starts, especially.
2: What can you tell us about Ben Zobrist? Have you ever seen a situation quite like this, where a divorce is just taking a guy right out of the game for a while?
6: Yeah, I, I honestly haven't. Um, it, you know, I know he's very close with his, his family. He's a family man. Uh, children are very important to him. Obviously, uh, it's a, It sounds like it's just a tough situation, and we don't have details. And I, I'm not, you know, I'm, I. He wants a privacy for his family, and that's perfectly understandable. Uh, it's. It, it, there, there. Obviously, there's obviously something going on that he feels he needs to deal with and can't. Uh, can't set aside time for anything else other than figuring out his personal life right now. I I think he's earned the benefit of the doubt and and the respect in that clubhouse and within that organization that they're going to give him that time, whatever that means. And and if he decides that this is, uh, you know, he's done playing and he needs to focus on his family, uh, then they'll have to accept that decision. I haven't heard that, uh, but I also haven't heard any sort of even vague return date. So this is just completely up in the air. Uh, As far as baseball goes, it's, definitely is not ideal for this team because go look at what the second basemen are doing as far as offense right now and it's really hurting uh as far as the depth of the team but you can't focus on that right this is bigger than baseball and, and you just hope that uh everything is good with his family and, and especially the children when, when stuff like this happens you always worry about the kids
1: another couple of minutes with uh Shahada sharma from the athletic in chicago back to the bullpen and especially the guys that are in late in the 8th or ninth inning, is there a tougher job in baseball? You know, if you go 0 for 2, you've still got a couple more at-bats. If you're a starting pitcher and you have a bad inning, you're, you're going to be out there again. But uh, if you mess up uh, in that 8th or ninth inning role, it's uh, one of those kind of what-have-you-done-for-me-lately kind of deals.
6: Oh, no doubt. Uh, we talked to Steve, Steve Ciszek yesterday, and he the guy is, uh, you know, he, he does not ever want to be on the shelf as far as not available. And he was adamant that I want to just go out there tomorrow and Mitch again and put this behind me. Get, get, forget about that outing. And, uh, you know, he probably needs a couple of days off. But that's the, the mentality of most of these guys is I want to go out there. If I have a bad outing, especially I'm even more eager. And, that's, and you actually prefer to hear that, right?
1: Am I correct, or are you a U of I guy?
6: I am a U of I guy, yes.
1: And do you follow Illinois sports uh, pretty closely, as time permits?
6: Yeah, yeah mostly basketball. I, I, I know that football's been doing a little bit better as far as
5: recruiting
1: uh, goes,
6: but uh, basketball has always been my thing, and I'm uh, really hopeful that Brad Underwood can, can turn this t- or team around and then we have better better times ahead.
1: I think Will Leach told us one time, and we have Will on about once a month, but I th- he told us one time that you guys were somewhere, happened to be together, and you were watching a U of I event. I think it was a basketball game, perhaps, uh, on the monitor while you were at another event.
6: Yes, I think it was actually a tough baseball game. It may have been a playoffs because uh, I remember we were in the auxiliary press box or we outside in the. In the in the left field corner sitting in auxiliary press box and, and it was a very early uh, one of those preseason Illini basketball right. games we'll have the uh, we'll have the game on uh yeah definitely uh, Illini basketball is one of my few fandoms that's left it's Baton Chicago Bears uh, that I really get excited about and, and uh you know act like a fan.
1: <laughs> well, uh, in this business, you don't get many chances to do that, so you got to do it while you can. Hey, we appreciate okay. your time. You know you're at Wrigley Field getting set for the game this afternoon, but thanks for taking some time with us.
6: Thank you so much for having me on. You bet. We'll
1: talk, Thank you. talk to you soon. That's Shadavid Sharma with The Athletic, as he mentioned, a big U of I basketball fan. 943 is the time on Lani Pella Saturday Sports Talk. Our phone line is open, 356-9397. One thing I wanted to mention and uh, hadn't got to it yet: Kansas basketball. Ooh. Silvio De Sousa eligible to play next season.
2: You know, I think he has sat out long enough. I mean, he certainly. Had, agree. He's had a pretty rough penalty there, and and it was his uh, guardian who was mm-hmm. receiving the money. How much he got, I don't know. He got twenty-five hundred and one, and then he was supposed to get another twenty thousand from a. Kansas booster (laughs) of course self didn't know anything about it so it it all it's all over now apparently and and he's going to and you know before it's all done here Kansas is going to have pretty good basketball team again yeah because they've got a couple recruits that are hanging hanging fire on and and they've got a they've got good players back even though they've got two guys going pro I mean it's the talent level that the talent the quality of talent that goes through Kansas over a 10, 20, 30-year period, is this unbelievable? Is that the
1: old, uh, the rich get richer despite what's going on around them, huh? <laughs>
2: in spite yeah. of everything, it's yes. It's not
1: just Kansas, but uh, they're certainly in that, that category right now. But uh, just wanted to get that out. 9.45, we'll talk some more college basketball. Kedrick Prince from Orange and Blue News will join us in just a moment. Uh, we'd love to hear from you as well on Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk. Back with more in a couple of minutes.
7: Do you have any pictures
1: And welcome back, everybody, to Illini Palace Saturday Sports Talk with Lauren Tate. I'm Steve Kelly, with you until 11. Phone line is open, 356-9397. If you would like to join us, we're going to talk some basketball right now. Bernard Kuma, who would be the 11th scholarship player, if he makes it to town. And it sounds like he will. He's got an event coming up uh, Thursday of next week to uh, quote-unquote sign with the U of I. I don't think it's a letter of intent. I think it's maybe the... uh, Grant and Yeah, I can't sign the letter of intent yeah.
2: because they're they're past that period. But he can. He can sign the a, papers. He yeah. can get a scholarship yep. guarantee.
1: Talk more about uh, him and some other Illini basketball topics. Kedrick Prince from Orange and Blue News on the line with us. Good morning, Kedrick.
7: Good morning, gentlemen. How are you? This fine Saturday afternoon, oh, morning.
1: Yeah, it'll be yeah. afternoon before long. And uh, <laughs> but a, a good looking morning so far, although. Several parts of the state have really been hit with the weather. I talked to a, a golf pro friend of mine, uh, Kurt Rogers, over in Peoria at Mount Holly Country Club yesterday. They, they had uh, tornadoes come through there. They've lost a bunch of trees and, and lost three or four days of play. So there's been uh, some weather issues around the state of Illinois. Kendrick, what can you tell us about uh, Bernard Kuma and as far as how you think he might fit in with
7: Illinois? Well, finally, it's nice to see the kid communicate and talk to someone. Um, he's a quiet kid. I mean, well, I shouldn't say quiet, at least from a social media standpoint. Um, you know, fans were asking and people were questioning whether the kid was going to come, if he was going to sign. And, you know, I, I you know, it was really weird. I reached out to him one time, and the certain people, he just kind of picked up. And, I mean, usually you have to call a kid or call somebody to get information. He kind of just would periodically... Send me a message, hey Kedrick, you know what, I'm doing this. Yes, to sign, tell the fans not to worry, I'm gonna sign this day. So, I mean, it was kind of surprising that, you know, he picked a day and we all thought that he was gonna sign a letter of intent, which is really nothing but a binding contract for him not to go to another school. Um, but you know, I'm sure you guys have read. It was just basically he was waiting for his coach and he wanted to do it in you know, in front of a school, which I you know, I get. Um, but he should have probably said that instead of leading people on and having people wait and wait because fans were kind of curious if he was going to leave because traditionally he always have bad luck sometimes when it comes to recruiting. So, But as a player, you know, I think, you know, he's going to be like any other freshman. I mean, he's not some, he's not a five-star kid, but I think they, you know, the the coaches looked at adding some size to the roster and guys that were rebound. They were just rebounding on the glass so many times, second-chance points. You know, and they have some depth up front now, which is going to be nice. But if he could come in and just rebound, I think in maybe two or three points a game, if he even gets that opportunity, because, you know, there are some other guys ahead of him, and I'm sure he knows that. But once he learns the system and him being able to come, you know, in June and to work with the guys and go over, you know, seas to Italy, I, I, I think that's going to be a nice addition and a good bonus for the team.
2: Yeah, that you mentioned that trip to Italy. That's that's great to have uh, the extra practices and, and the – and the extra games and and get all these guys together because this is a team that still has to form. I mean, they're still in the in the formation uh, part of it and uh, I I don't I, what do, what do you think their status is in the Big 10 right now as you look at it?
7: You know, if I were to say, I mean, I'd have to say right now they're anywhere between 4 through 6. I think there's a team that everybody's overlooking, and is Ohio State. I think Michigan State's going to be good, but we can't overlook them. Ohio State's going to be tough. Illinois is going to be in there with that between the four to six range, maybe seven, only because what they have on paper—they return everybody, you know, you know the core group. You know, they had the one thing that they needed more than anything in this world was some size, and they 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 have that, you know, with Kofi Coburn. You know, so that was a big addition. So now, having said that, I and mean, then you add, you know, you know, Bernard to the mix. So their roster is deeper, and they should have solidified the rebounding issues. But just to say that they're going to go out and win the Big Ten because they beat Michigan State at home because they beat Maryland, they have to go out and prove it. You know, the talent's there. It really and truly is. But they have to go out to say, hey, you know what, to learn how to win again. These kids haven't learned. I mean, Illinois hasn't won it. Six years, basically. So, it's not going to be easy. You just can't go out there and roll the ball out there and think just teams are going to roll over and play dead because they're not going to.
2: Are you among those who could see Kofi Coburn and Georgi Visanichvili playing uh, uh, alongside each other in like a starting lineup?
7: I do. I'm one of the few guys who do. And, and here's why: I the last year I was able to go early, early before Georgie hurt his his wrist, his hand. And he is a very, very good shooter. I mean, I was talking to a couple of the parents who were able to, you know, attend a couple of practices. That was the thing that everybody liked about was how good of a shooter he was. But his numbers didn't show that. I think he shot like 16 18% from three. He is a decent, decent shooter, better than average shooter. And he wasn't able to do that. And I think defensively, he can go out and guard a four. There were times when they switched. He was able to sometimes contain guards, keep them in front. You have to keep him on the floor. And I've said to you guys before, you don't bring a four or five star game like guy in like Kofi to sit on the bench. He will rebound, he will take up space, he will be able to finish around the rim. And the guy has a nice eight five you know, five, eight foot uh hook shot. Uh he can shoot the the fifteen foot jump shot. I think it would be crazy, me personally, not to play them. If it were me, I would like to see those two play. I'd like to see the next guy be Tevin Jones and I like Io and I like Trent. I think that lineup is Dangerous, extremely dangerous.
2: Well, okay, but if you play Cock- uh, Coburn and and Billy together, what's that going to do to the kind of defense that Underwood wants to play?
7: Because they can't, they're well, the not team,
2: gonna, They can't put the pressure on that that he wants. I don't
7: think. Well, the back end of it, he won't. But I think what he's looking at, and I don't know. I mean, from my understanding, this was said to me. I think they think Kofi is a much better defensive player on the perimeter than what is shown because. He was, I hate to use this word, he was sometimes lazy in high school because he wasn't forced to and he wasn't asked to do some of those things. They think he's a good enough athlete. I think Orlando seen him when he's able to get up and on the floor and move. And most of the pressure is going to be out front from the guards. They need one of those big, which will be probably more like, likely Georgie, to kind of get out and deny the wings, and then Kofi to be that back line guy to rebound. So that's kind of what I think they're looking at. You know, um, I just don't know how you sit both of those kids. I really and truly don't. And, you know, also another guy who's taking some leaps, I'm telling you, Samba. You know, he's still there. I heard he's doing really well. He's picked up some weight. So there's your backup guy. And Samba's probably more mobile and faster. I know he's faster than, you know, than both of those guys we just mentioned
1: visiting with uh, Kedrick Prince from Orange and Blue News, talking some Illinois and Big Ten basketball. What's going on now recruiting-wise? Uh, the EYBL circuit is still underway. The guys are still playing. But is this a hot or cold period for coaches to be out?
7: Well, it depends on how you look at it. I'll I'll tell you this. There's a kid that um, Illinois is kind of looking at. It. I mean, I don't know if some fans know about it, some do, some don't. His name is um, Addison Patterson. He's out of Arizona prep school. He's six 6'6 guy. His right line is a 2020, and but I think he wants to reclassify. He's trying to reclassify. And from my understanding, he's in love with Illinois. If you ask anybody that kind of close to the program or talk to the kid himself, I mean, he'll he'll kind of tell you. I mean, Illinois is kind of that that dream school. He's got some really – he's a four-star kid, a 6'6 kid. He's got some really, really good offers from Iowa, UCLA, Maryland. Um, So he's a very, very good prospect. I mean, so he may be another guy that could add to that class, I know from 2020, they're really, really focusing on the guards because, you, you know, you're more than likely you're going to lose Isle to the NBA. Um, if he has any kind of season like he had last year, then you're going to obviously lose Andre Feliz. So, and then the only guy you're really going to have there is, is DeMonte and more than likely Trent. So they're really, really focusing on the 2020. They've got, they have so many offers out. I mean, it's, just, it's hard to keep track anymore, but they have to do it. But I think they feel confident. I will tell you this, they feel confident that they're going to get some really, really outstanding guards to come in and be difference makers right away. I do know that.
1: You mentioned Patterson loves Illinois. Any reason for that? Does he have any any connection, any background in the state of Illinois?
7: No, I've heard there's no connection. I mean, other than the fact that I do know he knows Tibian Jones. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I I guess if you want to call that a connection, I mean, they, they, they like the way they play. Uh, He likes the way they play defense, from our understanding. And, you know, some coaches will recruit kids and tell them, yes, we get out, we run, you know, we do these things. And now, with TV being the way it is, the kids can watch, they can see, you know. And so I think that style of play helps. And, you know, knowing the fact that he'll be a freshman, you know, uh, well, he'll be a junior by the time those kids, well, no, he'll be a freshman by the time they get there. So playing time, you know, shouldn't be an issue. Brad's looking for shooters, he's looking for athletic guys that can shoot. You know, if you look at the NCAA tournament, there were ton, there were so many games where every team just had a guy that could just knock down shots. That was missing from Illinois last year. What do you think about
1: Michigan's hire
7: of Juwan Howard? Well, I look really stupid on social media because I didn't think they would do it. I really didn't. And I still stand by it. I still think that, you know, I know it looks good on paper and I know it's it's a it looks really good. But I just think it's out like Michigan and the way John Beeline put the program and where it was, I was surprised that people weren't knocking down the door for the job, uh, other national coaches. I think he's going to be able to recruit for a while, just like Anthony Hardaway is at, at Memphis. But at the end of the day, the Big Ten has some unbelievable coaches. Juwan has to surround himself with good coaches because I'm going to tell you, it's a different game. The college game is different. The Big 12 is different. ACC is different. The Big Ten has some outstanding coaches. And he, from an X's and no standpoint, that's where I hope he's going to be good at to succeed. I do think they're going to get some kids early. I really do just because. You know, you got the Fab Five, you know, trying to come back together to help him, which is great. I don't blame him for that. But, you know, on paper it looks good, but I don't know how well he's going to do on the court.
1: Well, he's never been a head coach, and I realize that everybody has never been a head coach at some point, but that's an awful tough, in my mind, first job as a head coach at, at uh, Michigan.
7: Well, usually, like, you know, they'll tell you the. Go to a mid major to kind of see where you are I, that's why I was surprised I was just and i I don't want to say Michigan panicked, but I think they were a little bit disappointed because a lot of the big name schools didn't come knocking down the door, but it was also late you know, so I think maybe if it was early or right kind of right after the tournament there may have been different, but you're right to get a big time high profile job like that early it kind of surprised me too, but i do I, I know they looked around, but I know I don't even know if Jamani, you know kind of one of the jobs, I think people reached out to him and said, hey, and then at the end of the day, it got late and no one else was looking, and, and you've got to recruit because the thing that they don't want to do is that, that they're going to lose kids. They're not going to be as good as they were last year. You know? So he has to get some kids in, some junior college kids, t- to help kind of keep Michigan where they are because if they drop, you see what happened to Illinois. You, know? you can be on the top of the mountain, and when you drop, sometimes it's really hard to climb out, and it's been six years since Illinois has been able to climb out of it.
2: Well, they're pretty thin with, with losing three players up, out of that starting lineup. I mean, the, the, you know that all of whom I think uh, Beeline might have thought all of whom Beeline might have thought might be back. Now Matthews, he probably figured he was gone because he would have been a fifth-year a a senior. But the other two, you know, Pool and Grzecikas, I, I man, I, that's a shocker to me if I'm if I'm Michigan to to lose those guys because neither one had well. Neither one had really uh, is quite ready for the NBA. Is that fair?
7: Yes, it is. And to be honest, I read yesterday, Lauren, that uh, that was one of the reasons he got out. He was tired of having to recruit these kids. And then you put this time in, and and they're gone. I mean, and the recruiting part of it. So, you know, and I agree wholeheartedly. And not just Michigan, you know, you look at Iowa. You know, look what happened to them. That's why I said Illinois has a chance to finish fourth. Michigan lost a lot of players. Iowa lost a lot of players. You know, Indiana's not going to be you know, out of anything that's going to be a, a big factor in, 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 as far as the big team is concerned. So, I don't know. I just think, you know, I don't blame John. He's older. I mean, from a financial standpoint, it was a no-brainer to me. But the NCAA has to clean up a lot of things because they're going to continue to lose coaches. They're going to lose people, fans as far as watching and, and attending games. You know, they're always making these rules, but ones that don't really matter, you know, that really affect the game. So, that was a big loss for the Big Ten. I mean, just because, and that was a statement, I think, to other coaches in the NCAA, you have to make some changes.
1: Hey, Kendrick, as always, we appreciate your time. I enjoyed talking hoops with you. We'll do it again soon.
7: Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Have a good afternoon.
1: You too. That's Kendrick Prince, Orange and Blue News. You can read some of his work at illinois.rivals.com. 10 o'clock, WDWS, Champaign-Urbana, hour number one of Alani pella Saturday Sports Talk is in the books. Hour number two coming up. It'll be led off by Will Leach. We'll talk several topics with Will Leach. Stay with us. The phone line is open, and we're back with more after this.
0: It's the second hour of Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk. Join the program by calling 217-356-9397 or send a text to the Castle Heating and Cooling text line. 217-351-5357. 217-351-5357. Here again are your hosts, Lauren Tate and Steve Kelly. And
1: welcome back to the program, everybody. Hour number two of an on i Saturday Sports Talk. We talked in hour number one to Kent Brown, Sports Information Director at uh, the U of I. We talked about uh, the Bobby Roundtree situation and the folks at uh, the U of I are working on some plans to uh, help... Illini fans, Illini nation contribute uh, to what will be some mounting medical bills for Bobby Roundtree, the injured Illini football player. They'll have more details on that coming out, uh, Ken said, maybe uh, sometime next week. So we'll keep uh, our ear to the ground on that as well. We also talked some Cubs baseball with Sahadab Sharma for the Athletic in Chicago. And we talked some Illinois basketball with Kedrick Prince in the first hour, leading off. The second hour with our friend Will Leach down in Georgia. We uh, have several topics to talk about. How are you doing, Will?
8: Uh, I am well. I, I went to bed uh, before the Cardinals game ended last night, so uh, everything's uh, good for me right now.
1: <laughs> I was going to ask you, what in the wide world of sports <laughs> is going on with the Cardinals in the month of May? They, <laughs> they have lost 15 of the last 20 games.
8: It is a mess, and everything is kind of breaking down separately, right? You know, I—it's funny. John Mozeliak, he's of course been the general manager of the Cardinals for a long time. He's very much a steady as they go sort of, uh, sort of guy. Where he's always, if the team's not playing well, don't worry. The, the, the I, this team has been put together in a way where the universe will, will eventually come back to the place where they're good again. And it's funny, when you hear him talk after a win, I feel like this when you watch the Cardinals. I talked about this with Bernie Miklas. I have a Seeing Red podcast that, that we do every week. And we were talking about how after the Cardinals win, it feels like, yeah, that's what they were supposed to do. And when they lose, it feels like something strange happened to make them lose, which is the way the Mosella kind of talks in the way as a fan it can feel sometimes because there's so much talent on this team. And if you see how things should work, but we've been doing that for <laughs> the last 20 games, and now they're back to 500, and really looking like a total mess. You know, I, to me, one of the, I, I really felt uh, that the managerial change from uh, for from Mike Matheny to Mike Schult was a, a really smart one. I think we saw some results from it last year, and I think Schult is still a better manager. But you're starting to see uh, this is obviously the first real test that he's had, and. I'm sure he's constantly passing it. There was a very strange bunt attempt uh, last night that didn't work with Colton Wong, one uh, of your, your, uh, your good hitters there, and at a strange time when you're down by two. It feels like everyone's just kind of tensing up at the exact wrong time, and uh, it sort of leads to a mess right now.
2: Well, what do you suggest in the pitching uh, side of it? Uh, do you think that uh, they need to make some adjustments in that rotation?
8: Yeah, I think you know. I think they announced yesterday too that that Walk is going to go to the bullpen, which feels less like a it feels like less like a positive move, and more just something else to worry about the bullpen. <laughs> I'm not sure that Walk, Walk is really is he's he's maybe it'll help him because he'll be able to throw a little harder in the bullpen. He's been kind of down velocity this year. He, I think Daniel Ponce Leon seems to make a lot of sense to be Austin Gomber. Uh, the way it was, it was pitching, he was really. It's hard to – make. you really had to make some sort of move. But uh, it really does go beyond that, right? Like, that's the thing is you'll get a game. Someone will get rocked. Uh, uh, you'll have a game where a pitcher uh, gets hit hard. Uh, you score six runs but lose 8-6. You know, the Cardinals are – Finding ways to lose. It's worth noting that in April, when they had the best record in baseball at the end of the month, they were finding games to win. The swing rotation really wasn't pitching that well then either, but everyone was kind of hitting at the right time. And I think that's what's frustrating. Now, look at like a Harrison Bader. He's come back and been hitting really well right as Paul Goldschmidt is falling off the cliff. And then yesterday they put, they lead Fowler up to, uh, to to lead off. I think a move that's been kind of a little overdue the way he's been playing, and he struggled. So it really just feels like uh, uh, everything is going on at once. And this is. Especially what happens with teams that are struggling like this. You have talent, you just don't have timely hitting. They missed so many opportunities in the game last night. And that's, uh, after a while, you stop saying, well, this is a good team that's just got to get it, get, get it together. And you look at the record and you say, wow, they're actually lucky to be at 500 right now rather than maybe uh, as frustrating as the field.
2: You know, I consider uh, Will Leach uh, as a guy that has a knack for um, offbeat subjects and I'll bring up the case for abolishing the draft. Where did you come up with that story?
0: <laughs> this has
8: actually been coming around for a while. If, you know, I, I tried to, I wrote this for New York Magazine this week, and obviously I understand why, why uh, drafts are a big part of sports culture. We all kind of accept, uh, we've just kind of all just accepted that drafts are obviously great and what we should all be doing. But first off, I, I tried to look at it from two ways. One way is to imagine what, any draft would be like in any other field. <laughs> the idea that like like no matter uh, if if, you, if whatever field you worked in, I try kind to of map out what it would look like if there if it were set up the way professional sports are, to where you know there are only uh, you don't really get any choice of where you live or where you go, and your team owns and your employer owns your rights. To you for six years or perhaps even more uh, at a salary that is predetermined, and you have no negotiating power over her. Uh, and you do a lot. And I understand that the idea of drafts is to redistribute talent, right? To have the bad teams get some of the best players, uh, so the so the good teams are not stacked. Uh, I don't know if you've looked around sports lately, Warren. The good teams still look pretty stacked to me, and the bad teams look like they're bad for twenty years. You're right so, about you know, that. Think, <laughs> That's true. <so> I, <laughs> So I think that, like, you know, I think there's something about, like, I would argue, that, particularly in a league, look at, like, the NBA, a league where there's an actual salary cap. Like, there's a lid to how much you can pay. The idea, then, that if, if, like, if Zion Williamson, who is clearly the best player coming out of this draft, the idea that he would not be able to say, you know, in a just world where you have a salary cap and everyone's paying the same amount anyway, it shouldn't it be the team that's most well-run enough to be able to put themselves in a position to to, uh, to, to, be able to fit him under a, cal- a salary cap and can afford him and pay him and let him choose where he wants to go? It would also, I would argue, I understand this is kind of a radical proposal and I get it, so I will say it would definitely eliminate tanking and I think on its own, that's worth considering. <laughs> like yeah. whatever, whatever gets rid of tanking because this is a major problem in all sports now. But to be the larger issue, the larger point I was trying to make is that, in a lot of ways, I don't think it's X. The drafts are really about redistribution of talent evenly. It's really about team control. It's really about uh, owners kind of having more control over the salaries the players get, over where they get to go, and how long they kind of have. have they're able to control those salaries. And I think often that is. I think the draft ultimately has become been more more about that than necessarily bad teams being able to get better.
1: Hey, Lauren, where do you think you would have ended up if uh, there was a newspaper draft 50-some 50, <laughs> 50 years ago? I'd be
2: way down the line. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, you'd have been yeah, a first-round draft pick. Uh-huh. You
1: know, you
8: know, had high potential. there have been high potential. It might have been a rough. It'd certainly take it take a few years in the minors to get going. But I think that, uh, I think ultimately I think you you turned out to be a to be a steal. In that listen,
2: I, I my first job when I took my first job, I had never written a, a story. And the guy, I said, "What do I do?" He says, "You cover the football game. I said, you mean I went, go to the game and write about it." You mean that's all I got to do? <laughs> oh, I, boy, you know, I would
8: have, I would have hoped that would have come up at the combine. <laughs> <laughs> that, so, well, you know, his forty time is great, but he has no idea how to ask questions of people Yeah, You, you, so you might have got sort of hurt you, him in the, in the. You know, Mel Kiper's very hurt, He's very. Good, you know.
1: <laughs> you might have got picked up by a, a newspaper that was trying to tank.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I was with one newspaper that tanked. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Oh, we've all been at plenty. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Will Leach is with us for a few more minutes. What else are you thinking about? Uh, you, you kind of surprised both of us. When don't they... you
2: ask him a question like that. Well, you know what you're going to get.
1: Well, I, I'd, I'd like to have a little heads up on what we might see.
8: <laughs> well, no, I, I, I do. I mean, like, I know the idea of getting rid of the draft is a radical one. And uh, and I think it's something that we just don't really think about that often. Like, we've just all kind of accepted this uh, fact. That drafts are a part of sports, and they help l- worse teams get better. And it just it really doesn't really seem to happen very often. <laughs> um, look at all the things that NFL teams have tried to do over the last 20 years to get themselves higher in the draft, or, to, or trade this draft pick, or move this stuff for the draft. It's all about the future. It's all about the future, and the Patriots have still dominated for 20 years. <laughs> so I, I think that a lot of times this comes down to, really, it comes back to tanking a little bit, right? Like, it's, it's deep because the Astros and the Cubs kind of tore everything down and started over. It's giving way, way to this illusion that, like, okay, well, if our team starts over and completely rebuilds, it's going to pay off. And I, don't know, I, I know the White Sox fans have been waiting for a while for all this young talent to come, and they're still struggling. So, and maybe it looks better, maybe it'll be better. But I think a lot of times the illusion of the team is the idea that things are bad now don't worry, they'll get better because we're going to get a good draft pick, and it just doesn't really always turn out that
2: way. Well, it doesn't always turn out that way, but you got to admit that when uh, the Bucks and the Raptors play tonight at seven thirty, that's a that's a competition that you wouldn't have predicted two years ago.
8: Oh, it's fun though. That is a very those are two very fun, likable teams. I have I have a very good friend of mine who. Grew up in rural Canada and was in. Uh, he was in high school when the Raptors came and couldn't believe that the NBA was coming there. And he now been, He flew to Toronto to be at the game tonight because that is about as exciting. I feel like the best way the Raptors should think about the way that Toronto is feeling about that game tonight is imagine if that game against Arizona uh, in in 2005 had been at guess, at the old Assembly Hall <laughs> and, and, and it was it was, he was waiting for. It's, it's very exciting, and look at a guy like Yarn. It's funny, Yaz is a little bit like you, Lauren, in this in this combined sort of draft idea. When he came into the uh, when he came in the NBA, there were just a ton of things he didn't do. There was a lot of raw talent there, but you know he didn't know how to write a story. I guess that <laughs> <laughs> and now he is he's matured and grown into the Lauren Tate that we all know today. Well, <laughs> so let,
2: let me a, let me let me tell you the rest of that story because it is kind of funny. um uh, my editor told me that cover the football game tonight and write it in the morning. It was an afternoon paper. So he said, come in in the morning at 8 o'clock or 7 o'clock, excuse me, and write the story. And I, I said, okay. So I, I covered the football game, and I went home that night and wrote it out in the wrong hand. And then I typed it off my sheet, and when I was done, he said, man, you're really fast. <laughs> And that was all that was required. <laughs> he, he didn't know I had it all written out beforehand.
8: <laughs> <laughs> that's the natural skill of a Giannis. That's exactly what it is. Um, but uh, yeah, no, it's. I actually find it's funny because I feel like one of my pet peeves when people talk about sports and 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 big championships like this is like, oh, it's Milwaukee and Toronto. I mean, what, wouldn't, wouldn't they rather have the Dicks or the Lakers in there? Like, I don't. First off, I don't get paid by how TV ratings go, so I don't but <laughs> Kawhi Leonard and, and Giannis are two of the best five players in basketball right now and some of the best, most incredible talents we've ever seen. That place is going to be electric tonight. That is going to feel like a, like a crazy college football or college basketball game. I'm very excited to watch that game tonight.
1: Another couple of minutes with uh, Will Leach. You're an Illinois guy. You're a Illinois fan, a football fan, a college football fan. And even if you weren't, I'm sure the uh, the news uh, earlier this week of Bobby Roundtree uh, hit you pretty hard, and kind of puts everything in perspective. It was just a really a sad story, and I'm sure that uh, that you t- you took note of that on Monday.
8: Yeah, it's it's just a, a absolutely tragic thing across the board. Again, there's still a lot of information that we don't know, and those you know it's still still relatively early in the process. But uh, you know, to see uh, a guy that not only obviously was a talented player, but really. You know, one of the things I love that makes me proud, frankly, of uh, being an Illinois football fan and a part of an alumnus of the university, and the time where it's not only to see, is I really do believe that what Lovey Smith has put together there is something resembling a family. There are people that really do care. That there's something that, that – it, it, there are times where our college sports can feel particularly mercenary and can feel – It's a. Billion-dollar business. I can understand why people would be mercenary about it. But I I admire that one. of The way that he's been trying to build this is to do with quality people who care about each other. Now, maybe it won't reno- result in enough wins, and this will all uh, it will all go in a negative way. But you know, I I, and I I understand that that is the name of the game in a lot of ways. But I think to see the outpouring uh, uh, that you've seen here, and the uh, the how much kind of love and respect the team has for itself and the program, and how what kind of love he has built there it feels it's 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 something that makes you proud Uh, and it it does make you think that like uh, uh, getting so angry about a football game uh, is maybe missing the point of what he's trying to do
2: by the way i i keep hearing uh good things about Crean down there in georgia and you're sitting right next to him it sounds like he's putting together an awfully good team this coming season
8: He's certainly putting together a good recruiting class. There's no question about that. Uh, he actually, ironically enough, with his, as bad as that team was last year, he's actually probably going to lose a player to the draft. Uh, Nicholas Claxton is uh, uh, they, uh, was one of their top players last year, probably their only really good quality player last year, uh, a, a sophomore. He's he's lengthy. I think he's gone to the combine. He's going to have to announce this weekend. I think he's going to not come back. So they're going to be all freshmen. Unless they're the Fab Four, um, I, I think the Creed's done obviously a great job recruiting, but – you know, I feel like the trick, particularly down here, that's a trick you only kind of get to do once. I think of uh, what Avery Johnson did with Alabama. Avery Johnson came in Alabama and got Colin Sexton, the number one point guard in the country. And I'm always so excited about Alabama. And Sexton played one year. They, uh, they made the tournament, lost in the first round, and then the program fell apart. Now I think that Tom Quinn has a better idea of what he's doing. And now Avery Johnson's gone. I think Tom Quinn has a better idea of what he's doing than Avery Johnson. He certainly has a more history, uh, more uh, success in college basketball. However, like, you only get to push this, this okay, look at our revolutionary recruiting uh, team uh, class once. You get to pull that plunger once, and then you actually have to win games. And there's going to be a lot of – because really, it is – he sure has a great class coming in, but it is all freshmen. There's not a lot left, particularly if Claxton ends up going through. There's not a lot left on the platter. If maybe maybe this is the year. Uh, I mean, I mean, put it this way, Kentucky does this every year with all these freshmen, and still the first half of the year is really rough, and, and sometimes they can they can pull out there. I'm not even sure this class is quite to the quality of Kentucky. It's good for Georgia, but uh, I think the problem is if he doesn't make the tournament this year, and a lot of those players, Anthony Edwards, number one point guard in the country, he's probably going to go pro. Uh, it, it's and the recruiting class is good, but you you only I don't you have to stack them on top of each other, and that's a really hard thing to do in a place like Georgia, which is which loves uh, basketball, but really is waiting for football to come back. <laughs> Anytime time there's basketball news, so he's doing a good job, and, I, and obviously he's done something no one else is Georgia at Georgia's been able to do, but uh, they haven't played any games yet.
1: Hey, Will, appreciate your time. By the way, a week from today, Lauren and I are going to St. Louis. Get the Cardinals straightened out. We're going down to the <laughs> Cardinals-Cubs series. Hopefully, they'll have won some games between now and then. But if if they haven't, you can blame us, I guess.
8: Oh, I, I mean, I'm I'm assuming and frankly hoping you're going there to pitch. <laughs> <laughs> was, I hope Steve Never can pitch because I
2: can't pitch. lift my arm.
8: Well, that, Hey, that kind of looks like way, the way looks for a lot of looks. <laughs>
1: yeah, I'll pitch and Lord will bat to lead off. <laughs> I'll
8: take it. I'll take it. <laughs>
1: hey, Will, thanks.
8: Of course. Take care. Have a good
1: weekend, holiday. Yeah, but talk to you soon. Will Leach with us from uh, the state of Georgia talking all kinds of uh, different sports items. Phone line is open, 356-9397. Steve has been hanging on a little bit. Hey, Steve, what's on your mind?
8: Well, I got a question for you and Lauren and trivia. Do you know who the
6: Missouri Valley Conference Baseball Player of the Year is this year?
2: Mm-hmm. From Champaign, Illinois.
8: You're right. Central High School. Right. And so I just wanted to give a plug in for a, a local guy that's doing well in Illinois
6: State. And, uh, of course, there's a pitcher doing pretty well. The bullpen let him down last night, but he had Dallas Baptist on the hook, Jeff Lindgren. So I just wanted to give
2: a plug for two local guys that are doing well up the road.
1: I appreciate that. Champaign Central, Lauren, has a big game today, don't they?
2: Yeah, they're, uh, they've got a big game. And, and I noticed that uh, Tuscola's playing uh, St. Joe Ogden. That'll be a big game.
5: So they're just playing Charleston, right? Uh, I think
2: right? they're playing Charleston, mm-hmm. yes. Yes, at Muhammad.
1: Mm-hmm. Hey, Steve,
2: right in the middle of the rain. <laughs> <It's coming. laughs>
1: Does
8: Joe have a chance at the big leagues?
2: I'd, I I can't answer that. I mean, I'd I, say.
1: I, did we think that, uh, speaking of ISU, did we think that Paul DeYoung had a chance at the big leagues when <laughs> when he was their catcher?
2: I will say this: Everybody in college has a very slight chance of making the big right. leagues. I mean, you know, I don't care how good you are. I mean, look how good, uh, uh I can't think of his name, uh, the, the uh, first baseman last year for the Illini hit 23 homers, and you know he's kind of struggling in the minors this year. Spillane, this is his second yeah. year. Spillane. This is his second year in the minors, and uh, it's a hard, hard uh, trip up all the way. That's. That's why Murray uh, took the money and played football because, even a guy like Murray, if he goes into the minor leagues, he's going to spend several years riding the bus, you know, and and may never make it. What if you can't hit a curveball? What if you can't hit a big league curveball? You're not going to play. So, I mean, it's it's a Illinois has got some good players. Massey's a, is one one of the top five second basemen in in America in, in all college sports, but. Uh, I don't know if he'll make it in the major leagues. I mean, that's a long pull. He'll probably be a fourth or fifth round draft pick. Maybe he'll go higher. Anything I didn't else?
6: realize Joe had some genes in him. His dad played in the NFL. actually, on a bio.
2: Well, that's that's fine. I mean, I, I mean, I'm not. Who knows? I just when you when you pick one guy out, the, the odds are all the the odds are against all of them. I mean, some will make it, but the majority will not. So, but I'm just
6: glad we got two Champagne products They're doing well up the road.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Hey, thanks for your time, Steve. Appreciate the call.
3: Enjoy listening to you.
1: Thank you. Three five six nine three nine seven is the number if you'd like to join us on Illinois Pella Saturday Sports Talk. Speaking of Illinois Pella, have you thought any lately about replacing your windows or doors? How about a trip to the Pella Window Store, ten oh one North Country Fair Drive in Champagne? The man to see is uh, Mike Mary. He'll take care of you. He's got a great staff out there as well. They've been doing it for a long time around here. Knocking on the door of 50 years in the area, and they do things the right way. There's a lot of things to consider when uh, replacing windows and doors. Things like security, comfort, convenience. And the Pella Window Store has many examples of their products on their showroom floor in several styles and prices. Entry doors patio doors, sliding patio doors, hinged patio doors, storm doors, casement windows, all kinds of windows, double and single hung windows, sliding windows as well. You'll find them all at the Pella Window Store on North Country Fair Drive. Their um, regular hours are Monday through Friday from 8 to 5, or you can check them out online at PellaOfChampagne.com. That's PellaOfChampagne.com. For the Pillow Window Store in Champaign, let's go back to the phones. And Howard is with us. Hey, Howard, what's on your mind?
2: Are you with us, Howard? Yes. Go ahead.
9: I was just wondering what's what's the latest up in Michigan.
2: Well, we're gonna we're gonna talk to uh, uh, Sean um, Windsor, Windsor. Yeah. in just a few minutes. In fact, about uh, seven minutes from now, where we'll will talk to him about what's going on. He's he's with the Detroit Free Press and. He'll give us a rundown on um, everything going on in Michigan.
9: I understand, Yestie, from a, a U of I official that we got a quarterback coming in for a workout next weekend from Michigan.
2: Really, uh, from Michigan? You mean a high school player? You mean a, a no, transfer?
9: He's a tra- transfer backup. Uh, the guy by the name of Peterson does that ring a bell,
1: Lauren?
2: No, it doesn't for me. But uh, from the University of Michigan? Yes. Well, we'll ask about that. I'm I'm glad you brought that up. I had not heard that. No.
9: Yeah, I heard that yesterday. Okay. That uh he's coming in for a workout next weekend and he at one time he was a starter but he's relegated to backup now.
2: Hmm. Okay.
9: And Lovey had him coming in for a workout next weekend.
2: Okay. But we'll find out. I mean, we'll learn more about. I mean, we'll find out what Windsor knows at least.
9: Uh, maybe I misinterpreted the, the conversation, but that's that's the way I got it. But
2: okay, I know they're looking. I I, I do know that, but uh, I know they they were they were really in hard on uh, Stevens from Penn State, but he went to Mississippi State. So well, they're still right. apparently in on Matt Fink. I think they're yeah. still in in on Fink, as far mm-hmm. as we know, but he's just got to graduate.
9: Yes, yeah, to graduate first. Yeah.
1: Okay, Howard. Appreciate the call.
9: All right.
1: Thank you, guys. You bet. Phone line will keep open, 356-9397. We're heading towards uh, 10 o'clock, coming up at 1030. The aforementioned Sean Windsor from the Detroit Free Press will join us. We want to talk about that the hire of uh, Jawan Howard as Michigan's basketball coach. If you missed the baseball scores last night, the Reds beat the Cubs 6-5 to yesterday afternoon. Cubs are 29-20 and now and have a game-and-a-half lead over the Brewers, who lost to the Phillies 6-4. to The Braves beat the Cardinals 5-2. to Cardinals back at five hundred at 25 up and 25 down. Four-and-a-half games behind the Cubs in the National League Central. The Twins roll on, beat the White Sox 11-4. Big Ten baseball today. Michigan is playing Nebraska right now. That will be followed by Minnesota and Ohio State. The NCAA golf championships are underway down in Arkansas the Illini had a bad day yesterday they'll tee it up uh, shortly after one o'clock today to try to move up that uh, scoreboard and to get into the top fifteen by tomorrow after tomorrow's round they need to be in the top fifteen to play again on monday in the final round of stroke play and at that point they would need to be in the top eight to uh, make it into a match play congratulations to the uh, parkland college golf team finishing fifth in the country in the uh, Junior College Division II tournament over in Indiana. Corbin uh, Sieben's team finishing number five in the country. We'll take a timeout and be back with more on Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk here on DWS. (music) Welcome back to the show, everybody. Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk with Lauren Tate. I'm Steve Kelly with you until 11 o'clock this morning. Pretty busy uh, Saturday here in the spring. Sometimes it's not always that case, but uh, quite a bit going on with the Big Ten Baseball Tournament even though Illinois is out. And uh, the NCAA Golf Championships, the Illini's playing down there, and some always some basketball and football recruiting talk. And we want to talk some Illinois and Big Ten sports with Sean Windsor from the Detroit Free Press. We're going to talk some Michigan sports uh, with Sean. But first of all, Sean, the Appreciate your time. Welcome to the program. How you doing?
10: Oh, not too bad. Thanks for having me.
1: No problem. I'm told you're a local guy here. Is that right?
10: I am. I, uh, my father was stationed at Chanute uh, a long time ago, and I, I went to uh, school in Muhammad.
1: Well, good for you. Uh, talk about uh, your beat up there for the Detroit Free Press. You're covering uh, University of Michigan. Is that right?
10: Well, no, actually, I'm a a columnist, and I write about Michigan, Michigan State, and then the four pro teams, the Red Wings, the Lions, the Tigers, and the Pistons.
1: Okay, so you kind of get to, in some ways, call your own shots on what you write about in any given week. But we wanted to talk to you a little bit about the hiring of Jawan Howard as Michigan's basketball coach. How has that gone over up there in the state of Michigan?
10: I think uh, mixed feelings, although I think uh, most of the fan base is excited or hopeful Obviously, you know, Joanne's never coached before. I mean, never been a head coach before at any level. And so I think that's um, it's not that it's tempered it a little bit, but I think folks are curious. The, the problem is he, he's following John Beeline, who's the best basketball coach in that school's history and got the two title games in the last seven years and ran the program a certain way, really understood uh, the University of Michigan culture. And, and it's just a tough, tough spot for uh, Joan to follow. Having said that, he also understands the community, and by all accounts, what he did in Miami, the, the reputation he built in the NBA as an assistant with the Heat, I think has uh, folks at least thinking, you know, he's got a shot to continue this to some degree.
1: How much do you think did the Michigan administrators reach out to get uh, the temperature of maybe some, some bigger-name college coaches, or do you think the timing wasn't as good at this particular time for that kind of strategy.
10: Well, I think the timing definitely hurt. It's a, it's a little bit late and that not only I don't think, think Bline could help that in that sense and um, by the way a year ago he'd had interest from in the Detroit Pistons and so he'd been thinking, he'd been thinking about the NBA for a while and I think the athletic department and the AD in particular Ward Manuel had been trying to keep a list. It's just that when it happened so late, here we are this far into May. It's it's the, the candidate pool is, is, is thin, or shallow, I guess I should say. They did reach out to a few folks. Um, I know they talked to Ed Cooley, who's the head coach at Providence, and he ultimately wasn't interested. And they considered a couple other folks. I thought They thought about Laval Jordan, who's at Butler, who was a former assistant under b But in the end, um, I think they felt like they, the ceiling of power was worth the risk.
2: Well, uh, this is Lauren, uh, Sean. Uh, glad to have you on the program. Uh, wh- what about the, the loss of, uh, and tell me if this is final, Bradzikas, Poole, and Matthews, all guys with eligibility, right? And they're all gone. I mean, how much yes. did that affect Beeline's attitude?
10: I don't, I know he didn't love having to replenish. You know, look, he's lost unlike Duke and Kentucky and North Carolina, Duke and Kentucky in particular, Kansas to some degree, who get a lot of one-and-done types. Beeline, for, Beeline, I think, has had one guy do that, and Mitch McGarry, maybe. But he didn't get those kind of recruits yet. He lost more players than really any other top program after a couple of years. And, you know, because he was good at identifying talent, and they'd come in and develop, and all of a sudden they're an NBA player. And I he, he did not... He was a little frustrated with having to replenish that, but I don't think that's why he left. Um, like I said, he was he was ready to go a year ago with the Pistons, um, and he had a pretty full cupboard coming back for this season.
2: So uh, do you see Brad Zekas has definitely gone?
10: Yes, and he said so the other day. It's okay. To stay in the draft
2: And Poole also?
10: And Poole also, and Matthew. Yeah. yeah,
2: well, I mean this this sets uh, Michigan back a little bit. I mean, I, regardless of who you got coming in, uh, this is not the same. You I mean, you got Livers and you got uh, Simpson and Teske. I, you know, you got the nucleus there, but you don't have the. I don't think you have the speed and and the, the overall talent that. Apparently, I mean, what, what's your take on it?
10: No, they don't. It's um, I hate to call it a complete rebuilding year because they do have some talent, and Simpson, Teske, and Livers are all. Uh, good to very good players, and they were gonna. You know, they also lost a recruit when Belon announced he was coming, and they were in on a couple other guys they they probably won't get that Bealine had uh, had a chance to get. So he was gonna have to kind of fill it that way. And then he's, just such, he's such a good tactical coach. You feel like they wouldn't have fallen off too too much. But, but I'm with you, Lauren. It's um, it's gonna be tough next year for Jawan for sure.
1: Not only has uh, Jawan Howard not been a head coach, he's not done a lot of recruiting. So I think it's going to be uh, important on who he has on the staff. Has he, has he worked on that yet?
10: He is. And we've heard a few names here and there. Nothing official yet. But I, I think he would be really wise to keep one of, uh, of B-Line's assistants, either Saudi Washington or DeAndre Haynes. In particular, I know Luke Yaklich, who was the kind of defensive coach on that bench, is interviewed with Shaka Smart down in Texas. But uh, I think I think Howard will, will probably keep one of those guys. And then, you know, he's he's made it clear he's interested in having somebody who's been a head coach sit with him. And then as you, and, and to your point, Steve, he absolutely needs somebody who's really, really familiar on the AAU circuit and understands how to go into living rooms and high schools. And Howard's familiar a, a little bit with that. Um, obviously, he's, he had some he's, a couple of his kids that played at that level, and he came up through to himself. That was a long time ago, and it changed some. But, but yeah, his his staff is going to be critical to him helping navigate this uh, this new landscape for him.
2: I'm going to switch on you, Sean. Uh, uh, there was a the rumor out that Shea Peterson might be entering the uh, the portal. Is there anything to that? He started all 13 games for Michigan at quarterback last year. Is there anything to that?
10: I, not that I know. I mean, as far as I've heard, he's the starter for next year. I mean, you know, some, you know how these rumors get started sometimes. And maybe somebody's just gruntled or maybe somebody's, you know, just speculating that it picks up steam and it never should. But uh, that's not what I've heard from any reliable source. Um, was there know, any competition? It couldn't, it couldn't happen.
2: Was there any competition at like, a quarterback in the spring?
10: Not really. I mean, he was, he was kind of entrenched in that spot. I think uh, – They've got a new offensive coordinator there and going to try to take a little bit better advantage of Patterson's ability to to run and throw, and they've got a really good receiving core. So it would surprise me if he would want to leave that. He's kind of set up to to do well next fall, I would think.
2: Well, uh, yeah, and he's already transferred once. I don't know what that means, but uh, he uh, he started out at Mississippi for a couple of years. I think he was injured down there. And uh, maybe redshirted a year that he played, what, three games and, and still was able to redshirt? I think that's right. And, uh, and then he's played the last two years at Michigan. So, so he, Right.
10: Yeah, no, yeah, he's transferred once, it seems, and he got transferring again. That's, that's tough.
1: Talking to uh, Sean Windsor from the Detroit Free Press. While we're on the subject of football, how important is this year for Jim Harbaugh at Michigan?
10: Well, I think, I mean, it's not, it's not important in the sense that his job will be at stake or anything. If he does what he's been doing, win 9, 10, 11 games, he's going to be fine. I don't think there's any pressure that way, but, but absolutely the fan base is ready for them to, to try to get to Indianapolis and, you know, win the big 10 East and beat Ohio state. He's, he's beating Michigan state now. He's two and two against Mark Antonio, but, but Ohio state's the team he really needs to beat and. You can beat the Buckeyes. He'll probably have a pretty good chance to get to Indianapolis. That is is really important in terms of uh, you know the fan base and the alumni, just kind of him doing what, or at least hoping him doing what they think you know he he's supposed to be able to do. So, but in terms of job security, I I don't think it matters.
2: Well, how good is Michigan going to be, in your opinion? I mean, is is this a team that's solid all the way around as as they come back?
10: I think so. I think they'll be better offensively. Just like I said earlier, they changed their coordinator. They're going to try to open it up, modernize them a little bit, get some of their playmakers out in space. on know it's cliche, but it's something that they haven't done like they they probably needed to do, like the Buckeyes do, obviously. But um, defensively, they lost a lot of talent and their defensive line is young. They do have some players coming back, but I think if they're solid on defense with that offense, they they should have a chance, but you know how this goes. it's You, you never know what you have until you see in September, especially when you're replacing uh, so much uh, NFL talent.
2: Well, it seems like uh, the, the West is kind of creeping up. On, I mean, the East is clearly way better, but the West is winning some games, and – the Western Division is. It looks to me like it's it's a lot more solid than it has been for years. What? Do, how do you view it from your from your viewpoint?
10: Well, I think so. I was steady. I mean, the same with Wisconsin, and I think they should be solid again. You know, Nebraska should get better. Um, I, yeah, I, I think so. I'm trying to think of who else is out there all of a sudden. Well, oh, we
2: always oh, leave God. out Northwestern. And they win yeah. all the games. <laughs> yeah, right,
10: right, right, right. Well, what? How is one going to be? I, it's well, I've been there. In a couple of years, actually, I think I might get down there this year though I think one of the Michigan Michigan states down there or I can't remember who
2: yeah Illinois plays Michigan and Michigan state this year uh, i the problem I think Illinois' is clearly better and will be better next year because they've got so many juniors this year, but I brought up the fact, and you brought up the fact, Iowa and Wisconsin are really solid and they're better than Illinois.
1: And Nebraska will be better.
2: And Nebraska is definitely uh, on the move, and we open against Illinois opens against Nebraska in the big 10. That's the first big 10 game, and that's just not a good, <laughs> necessarily a good way to start. And um, of course, Northwestern just keeps winning games and we don't give them any credit. And um, Minnesota, I, I, Illinois beat Minnesota last year, but Minnesota finished strong. So, I, you know, I don't know. Uh, I think that if you were going to guess how many games Illinois win, would you say they would win five? Would you say four and a half is, is, uh, is a number? Would you be over or under four and a half, five and a half?
1: Are you asking me? Yeah. I'll <laughs> ask both of you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. I, 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 I'm not good at putting numbers on well, things I'm like that. Well, I'm not either. But, but uh, obviously they want a, to win six or more to get to a bowl game. But the point
2: is that they will be underdogs in most yes. of these games. Mm-hmm. Uh, after the first three. Right. Uh, the non conference games.
1: Hey, Sean, what's the are big. They, look, go, go ahead.
2: Oh, I was
10: just going to say, how are they drawn? Because I was there a couple of years ago and I was surprised at how empty the stadium was. And, you know, I grew up going to that stadium, so I, I think it's one of the best, sort of most underrated football stadiums in anywhere, especially in the Big Ten. Yeah, and the, plus, I love going there because I can go get Papadale's
2: pizza. There so you that. go. <laughs> Well, we're, we're we're drawing terrible. I mean, it's the answer to that. I mean, just terrible. It's gone steadily down over the last, you know, the last ten years or so. I'd, I'd have to go back and check it, but no, it's the the attendance is way down, and it won't get up until Illinois starts winning games and can compete on on a fair level with Michigan and Michigan State and teams like that. I mean, there there was a time when a Michigan game was a celebration when they came here. I mean, everybody turned out. I mean, they packed the place and. Michigan was huge, but Jim Beckler uh, steadily, you know, won game after game after game, and just turned this uh, great uh, this great competition between Illinois and Michigan became lopsided.
10: And, yeah, yeah, I still remember. I think I, mean, I was living in Texas at the time, but I still remember when they beat Michigan. And I think Gary, I'm trying to remember, if Gary Moeller was the coach. But Illinois went to the Rose Bowl that year. Maybe played UCLA.
2: Well, it wasn't Gary Moeller, but it was Michigan. Mike
10: White. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah right. No, no. I was wondering if Pierre Mola was at Michigan at that point. You, he went on to coach at Michigan. I I can't remember, but yeah. Yeah, he. Well, that
2: that's point. right. He did go on to coach at Michigan. I can't remember right. if he was the head coach at that time, uh, in that season. I don't know. He might have been an, still an assistant.
1: Hey, Sean, what's the right. um, what's the big sport in Detroit? You you mentioned that you write about the college sports and pro sports as well. Is there uh, a dominant team in that, uh, in that town?
10: Well, in terms of interest? Yes. Uh, as far as your say,
1: paper is concerned.
10: Uh, two teams, no matter if they're good or not, and, Michigan football and uh, and the Lions. And you know, the, you know how the NFL is in most markets. Right. Now, if the other team, if the other teams are rolling, all else being equal, maybe the Tigers. Baseball still kind of has that hold, but, uh, you know, the Red Wings and the Pistons, those fan bases, there's some overlap, but they're, they're kind of different fan bases. But yeah, I would say the Lions. I mean, Michigan State basketball, there's a lot of interest there too, but it's nothing like uh, Michigan football or the Detroit Lions. I would say the Detroit Lions are probably the team that has the most, because the college the college teams kind of split, you know, the, the metropolitan area a little bit, or maybe a little bit more Michigan they say too. But, yeah, the Lions are the team I think most people get you know, are unified around.
1: Good stuff. Sean Windsor from Mahomet, Illinois, working uh, for the uh, Detroit Free Press. We appreciate your time, and uh, when we have some Michigan questions and uh, situations, we'll give you a buzz back in the future.
10: Well, absolutely. It's good to be on. It's always good to talk to you uh,
1: folks from home. Thanks for your time. We appreciate it. Thanks, Sean. Sean Windsor from the uh, Detroit Free Press on Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk at 1046. We'll take a break and be back with more. The phone line is open. 356-9397 is the number. Rolling on with the line Pellas Saturday Sports Talk with Lauren Tate. I'm Steve Kelly. We've got about 12 more minutes to get in. If you'd like to join us, 356-9397. Timing is everything, they say. We are just, in that uh, commercial break, had a spot there with Brian Barnhart uh, talking about the U of I Quarterback Club's upcoming annual golf outing to support uh, Illinois football. And Todd Lindsay from the Quarterback Club is on the line with us. Todd, how you doing, my friend?
11: I'm good, Steve. Lauren, how are you guys?
1: We're hanging in there. And uh, you still have some openings for the event on Monday, June the 3rd. Is that right?
11: Yeah, we do. We do have some openings. It is actually our 25th annual golf out, and it's amazing we've had that many of them, but um, we do have some openings. It's on June the 3rd, as you heard in the commercial. It's out at Savoy, and uh, we really uh, hope for a, a good turnout to uh, for people to come and talk to the coaches. It's a great opportunity to interact with all the coaching staff in a more relaxed environment. They're all off the road and, and uh, just enjoying themselves.
1: As far as Uh, events that the quarterback club does this is your biggest fundraiser is it not
11: yeah it's our biggest one day event we have the luncheons throughout the year but this is our biggest fundraiser and uh, where we're able to gather most of the dollars that we're able to donate to the program for things like the 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 jackets the blazers that the players wear on the Illini walk now and on on road trips Uh, we were able to use money from the from the uh, golf outing and from luncheons and other things to be able to buy them those. So yeah, we're really looking forward to a, a good number this year so we can help them out some more.
1: I'm not sure that football coaches play golf the way they used to with recruiting becoming so much a year-round thing, but you do expect many of the coaches to be in attendance throughout the day though, right?
11: Yeah, it varies from staff to staff, Steve, but you're, you're right. Not many of them play much anymore. Um, I know a few of them do, but I don't I'm not really sure if any of them are going to be playing. I don't. I don't. I won't know that till next week. However, they're all showing up for dinner for sure for the evening program, and a lot of them come out for lunch and talk to folks before we actually get started. So, uh, yeah, it's a good opportunity to see them. But no, not not many of them play. Certainly, Coach Lovey doesn't
2: play. What kind of numbers? Well, th- th- that's a. Uh... That goes – all their time is taken by exactly. recruiting. I mean, they just can't afford to spend four or five hours on a golf course on any day. They, 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 every day is yeah. packed with work. That's, that's just something
1: of, uh, that's just changed over the years. For sure. Oh, yeah. You go back yeah. to
2: Pete Elliott. He was a sensational golfer. So was John uh, Makovic. Yeah, John Makovic was terrific, and, and Mike White liked to play, and he was good. He wasn't great, but he was good. And, uh, no, those uh, – you today, no coaches play golf. I mean, that's almost true because – they don't have time. I mean, it's the,
11: well. That's what's happening. That's what's happening with the sport, with golf in general, not just coaches. People don't really want to take four, four and a half hours out of their day anymore. They're too busy with other things. But um, you know, we do what we can.
1: I do it all the time, and then wonder why. <laughs> <laughs> did I did I, that, true, yeah. did I need that? Did I need that four hours out there? But uh, what kind of crowd are you thinking about? Mm-hmm. Or do, you, do you anticipate?
11: Well, we usually have around 100 golfers or so. It's a nice size, so it doesn't. It's not a very. It's not a long round. Again, it's not a six-hour round of golf anything like that. So, moves along pretty well. And then we have other people. If, if you don't play golf, uh, come on out for just the the evening portion, where you can have a drink, have dinner, and uh, get to talk to the coaches and get to listen and ask questions uh, to, to Coach Levy Smith and take part in our raffles, take part in our auction. We got some some really, really good uh, auction prizes. We, you can bet on a trip to go to Michigan State with the football team next November. Uh, you can get some tickets. You can get parking pass. You can get uh, a lot of swag. You can get tickets to the Colonnade uh, donated by the i So there's a lot of things you can get involved in even if you don't do, do the golf. So we usually have 30 or 40 people uh, that don't play that come out to the evening. So it's, it's a nice nice crowd.
2: Now, uh, do you have any other trips planned other than Michigan State?
11: Not at this point. No, the Michigan State is just an auction item for the golf outing. It's not a bus trip or anything like that. It's just flying with the team, staying with the team, going to the game and coming back. Uh, But no, we don't have any bus trips planned as of yet. But if we, you know, if we get interest in it again, we'll certainly take a look at it.
1: So tell the folks if they're interested right now in participating in the golf outing a week from Monday, how do they go about getting involved?
11: Sure, Steve. Uh, you can go to lineiqbc.com, and the registration form is on there. But if you want to call me, you certainly can. Uh, you can call 493-9078, or you can send me an email, twlindsey1212 at comcast.net. All that information is on the website. Uh, you can enter as a single. You can enter your, your foursome. But if you don't have a foursome, just, just come on out. It's only 125 and I get you the full day. If you want to do just the dinner, it's $30 for the dinner program. Uh, just let me know. We'll get you on the list. And uh, it's a fun day. It's, uh, if, if you're playing golf, if you're not a good golfer, that's, that's okay. It's a scramble. It's a fun event. Um, the, the registration and everything starts about 10, 1045. We do a shotgun at 1145. We hope to have the dinner and everything starting around 5.30, and everybody will be gone by 7 o'clock. So it's not a very, very uh, long day or anything, but it's it's a lot of fun, a lot of relaxed fun.
1: And hopefully uh, we'll get a good day weather-wise, <laughs> and maybe it won't yeah. rain before then. I doubt that, but uh, we've had enough yeah, rain for a while.
11: We have, we have, but uh, we've been very lucky over the 25 years. We've never had one completely rained out. We've got a couple of them shortened, but... Um, we always have a good time. We're always able to raise some folks, some funds for the program, and that's really what it's all about, and have a little fun as well.
1: All right, Todd, appreciate your time. Uh, look forward to uh, seeing you out there.
11: Thanks, Steve. Really appreciate it, guys.
1: You bet. Todd Lindsay from the uh, U of I Quarterback Club with us here on Lanai Pella Saturday Sports Talk. One final break and some final words upcoming. Couple of minutes left on Illini Pella's Saturday Sports Talk with Lauren Tate and Steve Kelly. It's kind of dark out here in downtown Champaign. I don't see any any rain yet, but uh, you never know about this time of year. The NCAA Men's Golf Championships, round two underway. Oklahoma State is 11 shots ahead, but as Lauren told me during the break, we don't care about Oklahoma State. <laughs> who's uh, who's in 15th place? We don't care who's
2: first. We just want to get in the top 15 right now.
1: Well, 15, the number now is plus 20. Illinois starts their day two hours from now at plus 23. So maybe they'll, some of those teams will come back to them before Illinois even gets started.
2: they got to hold their own when they get out on that course. So it's, it's hard to make bars, evidently.
1: It is. They're playing the course 1 through 18 today. They played 10... Through eighteen, and then they played the back nine first yesterday, and got off to that terrible start, as we talked about earlier in the show. When they, they were let's see, they were at least three and three six. Eight, and they, were, three, they, they were eight or nine <laughs> over par of the first hole.
2: Well, they were seven because seven, they got yeah. a birdie. Yeah, but, but they were eight. They oh. had two eights and a seven.
1: Yeah, did they have a par in there? Yeah, as well? par okay. a par and a birdie. Yeah, so yeah, you need a better start than that. Uh, that's for sure. So that's going to take care of things this morning. Baseball today, the Reds and the Cubs, the Braves and the Cardinals. Big Ten baseball continues. NCAA golf continues. A lot going on. Mr. Tate, any final thoughts? What are you going to do today?
2: Well, I don't know. I haven't, I haven't thought that far ahead. I'm just trying to get through this. This with it's a wild show, and we had so many different sports and so many different guests. I'm, uh, I'm still trying to figure out Will Leach's case for uh, abolishing the draft, but uh, that's Okay.
1: Well, thanks to our guests, Kent Brown, Sahavid Sharma, Kedrick Prince, Will Leach, Sean Windsor, and Todd Lindsay. We appreciate uh, the time of all those folks here and the folks that called in as well. Thanks to Adam Austin for his help in the other room on WDWS, Champaign-Urbana for Lauren Tate. This is Steve Kelly. Thanks for listening, everybody, and have a good weekend.